Welcome to the podcast B2B SaaS CEOs with me, Joseph Olsen, as your host. I'm the CEO and founder of the B2B SaaS company, VAM, that's helping sales teams increase their sales through video messaging. I started this podcast because one of my personal goals is to be a world-class B2B SaaS CEO, and therefore, I know that I need to learn from the best. So with that said, let's jump into the episode. Hi everyone, I'm Kira, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Pocketlaw, and you are listening to B2B SaaS CEOs. Welcome, Kira. Thank you, thank you so much. It's great to have you here, and uh, let's jump straight into it. Can you please do the elevator pitch of what is Pocketlaw? So Pocket Law helps companies build better businesses by providing an end-to-end solution for solving everyday legal needs. So in Pocket Law, you can discover, solve, and manage legal in one platform. So essentially what that means is that you can get guidance on different questions, you can create contracts, you can automate your own contracts, and you save everything in one easy-to-use contract management tool. And should you need bespoke legal advice, we also have partner law firms that you can be referred to. And who are your customers right now? So we are focusing mostly on SMBs and startups, but we do also have customers in more mid-market and enterprise stages. And you are in Sweden and I guess like Nordics, you are in UK and is it more markets? Yes, we started out in the Nordics and uh, then we, after about... Uh, a year since our Swedish launch, we launched in the UK. So uh, we launched in the UK in September 2021, officially. Um, that's when my co-founder Olga Beckfries also moved over. And today, 25% of our customers are from the UK. Congratulations. Thank you. And we're also launching in more European markets over the coming months. So starting with uh, Germany this fall. I have had uh, a German guest already in this podcast, so maybe I will connect you because he's really well connected in Germany. But okay, let's move on to how did you end up here as a CEO? Uh, yeah, so I started out as an M&A associate at a law firm called Mannheim Svartling. It was when I was working at Mannheim that I first sort of witnessed firsthand how teams were really struggling with legal work and legal processes. Um and I think it's quite widely well known that legal work is extremely time consuming and expensive. And even sophisticated companies that have been along for years doesn't have, they lack sufficient tools to, to manage their legal needs. And so back in 2018, I shared my, my experiences with uh, my co-founder, Olga Bechtes, uh, who was then a management consultant at McKinsey. And she said, um, when we were discussing you know, how shocked she was that there weren't any digital tools. And uh, so particularly in, in her last years at McKinsey, she focused on digital strategies. So she said, you know, we should start a tech company and scale overnight, <laughs> digitize the industry. Um, and that's, you know, is not really how, how we've done it, but it's, um, it's definitely how things started. So uh, back in 2018, we started looking into the market, meeting with different companies, you know, asking them, how do they manage legal needs today? 
Uh, what are their biggest pins? Uh, are they using any tools? Why aren't they using them more? What did they spend on legal? How much did they spend on legal? How much money did they spend on legal and so forth? Then we realized there was a big gap in the market for providing an end-to-end legal solution for everyday legal needs, particularly for startups and SMEs. That's how we ended up where I am today. And was it always obvious that you you were the most suitable for the CEO role? And it was quite natural, uh, actually. Um, the first year, um, Olga was actually a CEO, and then she had her first child. Then I was the CEO, and then I've just continued being CEO since then. But I think the important question is, why do you continue being it? So how, how, how things go about in the beginning, I, I guess you know yourself also with starting a business, you try something and you know if it works, you continue doing more of that. And I think that's also a little bit our rationale behind everything that we do. Yeah. I think starting as a CEO at a startup might be easier, but then how, you know, how, how do you develop personally uh, to, to be suited to continue doing that role and also ask the as the company progress. So uh, I think my role being as a CEO of a company with eight people in the beginning versus today when we're 50 people is, is very different. And uh, my role is very different. My responsibilities is different. People's expectations of me has, has changed and, and my expectations of myself have changed a lot as well. So I think the secret sauce is just constantly challenge yourself and, and continue your personal development to be the best person at the role. You have already tapped into it, but I, I wanted to follow up with what do you like the most about being a socio? No, very good question. I, I should really maybe ask myself that a bit more often. But I think what I enjoy the most is constantly, you know, thinking and reevaluating and and sort of really challenging like what's the absolute best and fastest way ahead uh, to, to continue going ahead and uh, and how can we make sure that we reach our our goals our targets milestones as fast as possible with the team that we have today yeah I, I really enjoy that working with people keeping everyone motivated you know talking about our vision how will we get there and and sort of enabling everyone on the team to perform their best uh, and being happy while doing so, uh, I think is what I enjoy the most. And if we dive a bit deeper here, why do you think you enjoy it the most? Is it Have you always been, since you are, were very small? I guess since, I've, since I was young, I've always um, sort of worked really hard to be on top of my game. Um, I don't know, maybe that's a very boring sort of consistent theme with leaders. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely that's how, how things started for me um, in sort of already from, from really early in school. My dad used to say, you can do everything as long as you try it out. Uh, as long as you push yourself really hard, you can do anything. So that's how, how I started and said, you know, um, as long as you're top three in your class, then then uh, then things will be much easier in life. And then and then I continue sort of working towards that since, um, yeah, since since basically primary school. And I think that's apart from grids, of course, which are important to get somewhere, uh, you get used to working hard and collaborating with others to get there and, and maybe hustling a little bit. I think you play it down right now, hustling a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe hustling a lot. But I think what you don't practice in school so much is maybe leadership and like really sort of digging into like understanding how 
people are different, people are motivated in different ways, people are driven by different ways. I think when I'm talking to uh, the legal team at Pocket Law or the, the tech team or the sales team, everyone's um, motivated by different things, uh, triggered by different things, you know, eager to, to see different things. So I think um, that is also something I, I enjoy a lot with, with my work today, you know, working with top performance within different functions and and learning from them, I think is also something that I really enjoy. Nice. Moving on to challenges right now. What are your biggest challenges right now? I think as everyone is struggling with, um, is of course building the top class team that you want to build. So I won't sort of go into that. I'm sure you have lots of guests talking about sort of the the war for talent and sort of different ways to uh, both uh, find, hire and retain people. Um, But if I look sort of beyond that and other things that were uh, challenges we have, I think is because of legal being something that is a very time-consuming and expensive sort of need in every organization. I think we, we're we constantly making sure that we're very focused on uh, who we are helping right now. I think for I think this is a common sort of uh, challenge for many SMB SaaS companies is um, you can easily get pulled up market a bit sooner than you were planning. And um, I think that's sort of something we're constantly weighing uh, when we're prioritizing our features and uh, it's very exciting of course it's a it's a fantastic opportunity and it's a nice challenge of course that more companies and larger companies want to to use your products Um, so I think that's a balance that we're working uh, on constantly to maintain and making sure that we serve the SMBs and the customer group that is our biggest focus right now but still also making sure that we have a good roadmap for supporting uh, the larger customers that we do have today, uh, and also all the interests that we get inbound. Nice. What is your greatest strength, Kira, as a leader? So if you want to be a bit more humble, you can say that people have told me in feedback, but I, I want to know, what do you see or people around you see as your best strength? <laughs> That's a, it's a tough question, but I think I'm relentlessly optimistic. I think um, that, yeah, I think definitely that's my, my best quality. I, I have, uh, together with my team, we set extremely high goals. And I am 120% confident always that we'll be able to reach those goals. And um, I think that's basically the only way that you'll be able to survive in an already challenging sort of environment is to constantly being sure that we can reach those goals together. And then another quality that I have received in feedbacks is that I'm, I'm quite good at taking feedback myself, which I think is something that we value a lot at, at Pocket Law, um, to have a very transparent and sort of open culture um, requires everyone to, to, to be open and encourage feedback. Great input. And uh, you are talking about goals, Kira. Mm-hmm. And that leads me into company goal systems and frameworks. What different frameworks do you use at Pocket Law? Uh, we work on, if we start with the highest level, we work with a format called Five Levers, which we basically have five levers and uh, each lever has particular deliverables for over a certain period of time. 
that we're working towards. Um, on that's on a company level, uh, more high level. Then we also uh, have what we call OKR Lite. So it's sort of based on the very famous OKR framework. But since we're still a small team um, and we have sort of adapted a more light version that is easier to to and faster to sort of update, uh, which I think we're at least uh, what I hear and input I've received is that's where most people go wrong. Um, is that frameworks are great. It's just that keeping keep the updating and regularly sort of reviewing them is where people sort of tend to, to, to miss the most. So that's the rationale behind making a sort of light version. Um, in addition to this, we also have individual goals um, on a six-month basis. So we set up individual missions and, and also goals so that people can feel um, that they have a framework and a way to track their personal developments as well. Five levers combined with OKR light. I, I love that framing because OKRs, you hear it a lot, but OKR light and personal <laughs> goals on six month periods then. Yep. Oh. And uh, regarding KPIs, what are your top three you can throw in four or fives also, but which which uh, KPIs uh, on a company level are the most important for you right now? So the most important KPIs are ARR, CAC payback period, and also um, net revenue retention. If I can only list three. <laughs> so, so if you want to throw in a fourth or a fifth, it's okay. No, but I think those are. Uh, I think those are for us currently the, the for in terms of sort of financial metrics. Those are the ones that are most important for us. Um, and the rationale behind that is because it's an it's the best way for us to to track that we're growing at the pace that we're aiming for and doing so in a, in a healthy way uh, or sustainable way. And then um, when it comes to other metrics, we, of course, also track um, lots of user usage metrics. So um, number of active accounts, different activities in the app, for example, number of files created per account, etc. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, I want to talk about if you spec out your schedule on a weekly basis, can you please like 10% here, 30%? Is it... How how do you disponate your time? Uh, I think at Poklo we we encourage everyone to really own their calendar um, and really being efficient with your time, and that's of course make sure that you build your calendar in a way that supports doing so. Um, we start every week with a Monday check in, and then we end the week with a, a weekly checkout on on Fridays, and in between that, so on Mondays we have strategy and direction meetings and then on Wednesdays we have reviews with all the teams all in the afternoons on Tuesday afternoons we also have one-on-ones and do you like do team after works or do you do like all hands yeah. we do have team after works both um, in the office uh, maybe on a monthly basis and then we also do remote sessions uh, since we are a remote friendly company and have many uh, employees that are and not in in Stockholm or London where we have our offices today and then we also have a, a fireside chat with founders um so Olga and monthly on Fridays okay nice and since you already tapped into it you are uh, office first exactly so we are office first remote friendly company on a company level but then I think uh, 
we we like to be you know so for different teams we adapt different rules um, also so uh, for example the tech team is more in they've been remote since day one so the tech team is actually remote first uh, but then on a company level we are office first remote friendly how do you maintain a great company culture do you have some good tips and tricks here Um, no, it's, that's a really excellent question. I think in the beginning, when we were very few, uh, we had all these workshops and tried different things to sort of be like, you know, what's our culture? What do we stand for? And so on. Um, but what we've um, what we've noticed is, and what we sort of concluded is the best strategy for us is based on the idea that the culture is built by each individual on this team. You can never, I think, force a culture uh, on people, but rather make sure that everyone you bring on board uh, shares your values and may sort of uphold the culture that you've set with the people on this team. You can just bring in someone who's, uh, you know, maybe do not share those values and the sort of entire culture can be destroyed i think uh with one person i think particularly in the beginning you're very vulnerable uh and it only takes one person to sort of infect the whole culture having that said um i do think it's very important to have processes and structure that support the values that you that you cherish basically uh, so for example if you want to have a very transparent and open company that uh, supports um, uh, feedback then we really need to make sure that we have for example retros and other meetings where people can bring up things that are important we share and communicate in open channels and we make sure that uh, everyone who joins the team always are people that are very kind ambitious and people with a can do attitude and and then so we definitely value personality above qualifications in our hiring processes um, and a really good way to to maintain that as you scale i guess is by using tools like alva labs for example oh shout out to them <laughs> yeah definitely malcolm has created something uh, very interesting nice and people have actually asked for him to join the podcast so we will see if the founder and ceo of alva will join the podcast So Malcolm, if you hear this, Kira just gave you a shout out. <laughs> Continue now on a very sales nerdy question, Kira, because yeah, you, you know that I'm the CEO and founder of VAM and we are video messaging for sales. So I'm I'm constantly like making myself better on what is a good outreach. Everyone needs to buy, even though it's the times we have right now. So everybody needs to buy good products if it's relevant enough. What is the best way to do an outreach to you? How would you like to get the best possible outreach if somebody wa- wants to sell you something? Maybe not open me things and my emails with uh, I can understand that you're a busy man, <laughs> which has happened. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it's true, it's true. But I guess uh, I think being actually reading up a little bit about the company first and only Do reach out if you truly think that this can be something that helps our business. Uh, so, you know, base your outreach on actual information about the company and our where the stage we're in, uh, because I do get outreach that I think is super relevant, and then I definitely answer on. Uh, I answer them. I think the best way is 
probably to just uh, and now maybe I'll, I'll get I get to regret this but attack from all different angles you know writing both emails and then on LinkedIn and and maybe more people than me on the team and then maybe we discuss something internally like hey this uh, this company uh, seems like something uh, they're building a tool that might be helpful for us uh, so then we can discuss it a little bit internally and then maybe decide whether or not to to, to jump on a meeting. Thank you for the data points because this is what I'm always telling my customers like there is no silver bullet you need to use linkedin phone email video yeah. and yeah. then from all these angles and also do relevant outreach like you yeah. said so 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 thank you so much kira giving me even more conviction and data points regarding my nerdy topic of sales and outreach so if you would give yourself top three things or top one to three things you want to tell a younger version of yourself maybe um so i tell myself to regularly maybe every week take a step back and think for maybe an hour am i and everyone else on the team spending their time on only things that will contribute to the success of this company um so actually spending more time thinking and really analyzing like what are our goals and how can we get there in the shortest amount of time possible um and doing that more often than you're forced yeah in the beginning and i think it's very you know in in the early days there's you're doing basically everything your, yourself and you have very little time to, to spend on things but i think just sort of constantly questioning, challenging, and thinking, is this the best way forward? Or is there any way that we can get ahead faster? Yeah, really powerful. And I need to remind myself that today as well, just so not like I'm perfect, but... Uh, do you have one or two more things, or do you think that is the, like the best, best thing you want to share? Or you never know if you never ask. So w- one or two more things y- you would have told yourself. I think uh, continue uh, like never uh, compromising on who you bring into the team. So even if you're in a period where you where you've been searching for a specific candidate for months, you know, really in be, continue being super picky in the hiring process and really making sure that that person is both a culture fit and and uh, and has the the right qualities to to join your team. And then I think. Maybe the third and last sort of suggestion I I do to myself is really early on uh, set sort of your your long term goal and then break that goal down in steps to really sort of nail how to get there uh, in the best way possible. Sometimes uh, early days you're uh, there's so much uh, that you're doing uh, on all different ends. so again, taking a step back and sort of really looking long term, where I want to be, uh, what's my role in the company, um, um, is this a global company, where do I want to be at, and 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 uh, work towards that relentlessly. Nice. And then, Kira, we have come almost to the end now. So then I want to ask you for two world-class top B2B socios you would listen to. Who are you inspired by and would like to listen to in this podcast, if you think globally? Uh, then I'd want to listen to the founder of Miro. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, hi now. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just the, the, the face because uh, the, the uh, Johnny from Ventimiti that was last week also said Mira is one of the things. So, really? yeah, that's why I'm just uh, did a face. Fantastic tool and obviously very impressive journey. Uh, and then also um, the founder of Personio, uh, Hanno Renner. Check, then we have two on Mira, two on Personio already. We are just four episodes in of the journey of B2B Saucias. Maybe I should throw in another one then. Uh, so maybe the CEO of Linear. Good. Never heard of it. Of course, I know what Linear is, but I never heard that name before. So that is good. I'm, co- I'm collecting. Maybe, maybe actually, uh, maybe actually a fourth one. Um, uh, Christian Reber, uh, the CEO of Pitch, because he also founded Wonderlist that was acquired by Microsoft. Thank you. Uh, a, a lots of great, great cool names. So. So, so th- then I will give you a shout out when I do an outreach to them and pitch why they should be in this podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. so okay, Kira, uh, w- which platform or social media is the best to follow you on? LinkedIn. Okay, then I will add your LinkedIn profile in the in the details on this episode. So you that are listening right now can just tap onto that and press follow on Kira. And uh, also a thing to you who just been listening now to me and Kira. It would be amazing if you could take 20 seconds and drop five stars on, on this podcast if you like what you heard. And Kira, a huge thank you for putting aside 30 minutes with me to help me and the community keep on learning. Thank you. It's my pleasure.